Hello and welcome to From Garage to Growth, a small business story, a podcast where we journey into the heart of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Brad Rue. Every week we delve into the compelling stories of small businesses and the remarkable individuals who brought them to life. From humble beginnings in garages and basements to grand victories in boardrooms and beyond, we leave no stone unturned. So buckle up as we explore the unique world of entrepreneurship, one business story at a time. Any testimonial or endorsement shown is based on an individual's experience and may not be representative of the experience of other individuals or customers. There's no guarantee of future performance or success. No direct recognition or indirect payment or other compensation is provided to any person for a testimonial endorsement appearing here. Welcome to another episode of From Garage to Growth, Small Business Story. Today we get the pleasure of interviewing Miss Beth Relia. I said that right? No. Relia, Relia. <laughs> Um, and, and Beth is joining us as a new guest, uh, as an introduction from another great uh, female entrepreneur, Jess Wallen, mm-hmm. who was on a, a few uh, podcasts ago. Beth runs a successful photography business, and this is the first, I would say, newest startup, because Jess's was somewhat of a startup, but she's been doing it for a while. And you officially started your business uh, a year ago, and we're excited to hear about that and, yeah. and all the struggles that you went through in, in starting that. Why don't you go ahead and introduce a little bit of background about yourself and about how you even got into photography to begin with. Okay, Beth Relier. I actually just, it was May of 2022 that I started my business, but in 2017 my brother was running a real estate agency and he wanted an in-house photographer and thought I had an eye for it, so he asked me to join his team. So that's how it started. So so straight up, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Yeah, sounds good. No, I was working for a different company at the time, but his firm was growing, so he was looking at just ways to improve his company. He's my little brother, so how could I say no? <laughs> yeah, I come from a large Italian family, so there's seven kids in our family. Wow. Is everyone else local too? or? Yeah, the one that lives furthest away is like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty nice. Makes Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that very interesting, I imagine. Yeah, the Christmas we have to run to haul usually. Oh my god. Because I have, I honestly I lost count. There's 50s, some nieces and nephews now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Bye. I have any age of kids of going through like senior photos and like that sort of thing that I can play with, so it's fun. So did you move back here then? Or the story, I know your husband is a golf pro. He actually moved here from Arizona. Okay. Um, And you met him here mm -hmm. then? Okay. So he moved here in 2016 to work when the LPGA was going to be at Thornberry. Oh, right. Um, So he worked there for a few years and that's where I met him. Cool. Mm -hmm. So you you started taking photos for your brother. Mm Mm-hmm learning on the fly real yeah. estate photography is as you probably know is very different than senior portraits yeah and so tell me the genesis of okay i i decided to go out on my own i've been doing photography for my brother for better part of five years mm-hmm. yeah and then you decided to go bye bye brother yeah the thing was it doing that for him made me realize how much I loved it. Oh, cool. And I always liked taking photos. It was mostly those Kodak that you had to yeah, yeah. And then you bring it to get developed. Yeah, yeah, disposable, yeah. that's the word. Then you bring it to get developed. And should I get doubles right away? I don't know if they're going to be good or not. Going from that to digital photography was a lot different. And then 
with real estate photography as well. It was just from the start to where I got in five years was like, I learned so much and it was like, there's obviously more out there. Mm -hmm. And so it just got me really excited and just created a passion for me to learn more about the other side of photography. Because I've talked to other photographers like, oh, you do real estate photography? I could never do that. Hmm. And their wedding photographers, I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> it's completely different. Yeah. I thought it would be really cool to learn the other side of it as well. I thought the best way to do that would just be to start my own company so I could do that more. Mm-hmm. Doing real estate photography for just my brother at the time. I was on his team, so I could only take photos for him. Oh, By sure. expanding, I was able to expand and do more for other agencies in the area as well. Nice. What would you say your makeup of percentage of your photography business is real estate to to portraits and yeah. family stuff? The beginning was just real estate. Mm-hmm. I started learning the other side of it. So I was doing a little bit here and there, like I said, with my large family, little kids being born, like, oh, can I try taking pictures of your baby? Uh-huh. So just learning the other things that go along with the photography. I had a lot of people to work with. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. So do you do a lot with other real estate agencies now? Have you been able to market your work to other, as I know, like Green Bay has a ton of mm-hmm. realty companies between Keller Williams and Cobalt Banker and right. Delaware Realty. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's tons. Do you, there's, have you expanded your reach? So when I first um, started my company, I did reach out because I had been in the industry for so long. I did reach out to other agents that I knew just to let them know. Acquaintances over yes. time that you mm-hmm. worked in the same space. Yeah. yeah, just to let them know, hey, just so you know, I branched off and started my own company. If you need a photographer, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Most of them already had established people that they worked with. I'm not going to take them away right away. Sure. It's, it's yeah. going to take some time. So it, it was just a little bit. My brother still hires me. Mm-hmm. So I already knew that I had his team in my booklet or whatever so yeah, your rolodex yes yeah <laughs> so i already knew that, that i had them so that's why i figured okay i can start with this and then just slowly build and within the first few months it was like adding one other agency here or there it wasn't a lot but within this last within the year i more than doubled my business i mean wow. starting with one agent doesn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I probably have six or seven now, so it's the, it's definitely has grown. It's gotten so. steadier, so to speak, mm-hmm. in terms of picking up work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so what were some of the challenges? Would you say, um, you know, starting out uh, and taking that step to go? I've never owned a business before. Mm-hmm. What do What does that mean? What do I do? I was scary at first. I met with an attorney um, that I used to work for and just asked him what I needed to do and he helped me start my LLC and just went from there. Yeah. He owns a title company, so that's how I knew a lot of other agents as well. Yeah. So I worked for him at a title company. I have a lot of acquaintances in the real estate world, so I thought this should be easy. It wasn't. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> like I said, there's so many established photographers in the area that I'm not going to try to steal people from someone. It's just more have to prove my value. Build your marketing and, mm-hmm. and continue to put yourself out there. And yeah. Just be present. Exactly. 
So you started an LLC, mm -hmm. and I know from running a business myself, there's a lot that goes into running a business from now you're doing all your own marketing, now you're doing your own bookkeeping and taxes, and how is that transition for you? Like you met with an attorney to establish an LLC, mm -hmm. um, but what else have you explored to help you in that startup process? Uh, I got an accountant to help me with taxes. Um, that was someone that I reached out to, what do I do you know, with this and that, so he was helpful with helping me getting to know what I need to start with and mm -hmm. what I need to keep track of. Um, I'm still figuring out the bookkeeping stuff. It's one of those things like, oh shoot, it's already December. <laughs> should probably look at that Crunch stuff. Some numbers. Yeah, but for the most part, it's with the marketing, it was pretty easy. Social media is just easy mm -hmm. for some people. Anyways, but for with doing photography, it's easy. I have enough content to put out yeah. there. It's just creating the content to put out there. And actually, it's interesting. I started my company in May, and by, I think it was the end of July, I was finally like, okay, I really need to like up my social media presence mm -hmm. and post more that I do real estate. And interestingly enough, just a week or so after I was like, I need to do this, I got a message from an agent I've never met before saw me on Instagram and reached out to me to do photos for her and now I've been doing photos for her ever since. So. Wow. Yeah. So marketing works. It did. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, I saw you had a website and Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. What would you say in your space is probably the missing component of other photographers that, that you were trying to be different from? I think the biggest thing is that I have a variety of things that I do it's not just lifestyle, it's not just real estate. I do both of them. So for instance, there's an insurance company in a dental office that hired me to come take photos of their building oh. and do headshots. Oh, nice. So I can do both because I have the capacity for both of those types of things. People think that all photographers can do both. They can't. Mm -hmm. You can see that I have different equipment for real estate than I do for portraits. You have the wider angle lens for buildings, and then you have the portraits that you want to take closer up. So you have different equipment for both. And I saw you, you do aerial too, and I know yes. not, not everybody has a drone or can do aerial right. stuff. More people have drones than you realize, but people also don't realize that you need a license to do it yep. commercially. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, my brother has a drone. He can take these pictures for me. If you want to use it for marketing, technically he can't. You have to have a license to do that. Did you go take your pilot's license and all that? <laughs> yeah, airport? I had to go to the airport and yeah. do all that. It was, I, I did take a virtual class, and it was a lot more details than you really need for flying a drone. Mm -hmm. It's more of you have to see what the weather patterns are and like all this stuff and how airport traffic works and stuff. I put a drone up for 15, 20 minutes to take a few photos of some property and I'm done. A lot of the things are like more for pilots, mm -hmm. but that's what the instructor like taught us. Like this is going to be on the test. You don't need this for that. So the test is a lot harder <laughs> and you have <laughs> to, yeah. and you have to renew it every couple of years as well. Just updating it, just like real estate license, just like a lot yeah. of things. You have yeah. to do the continuing ed education for it to make sure that you're up on the, the laws and everything. So. And I noticed in your bio, you, as far as learning and adapting, you took a class 
even uh, in photography yeah to to try to continue to hone your you know skills and mm -hmm. the lifestyle photography I imagine yes so that was the thing that I realized pretty quickly the real estate market is up and down yeah it's not very consistent yeah so I realized I can't just fully commit myself just to real estate again because of all of the other agencies that already have their own photographers. Sure. So I figured, what can I do to keep myself busy? I took a class so I could understand how the camera worked. Everything that I had taught myself, or everything that I had learned up to that point was me teaching myself mm -hmm. how this stuff works. YouTube is amazing. It is. <laughs> you learn it's so amazing. much on there. <laughs> but I thought doing this class would help just to put me up to the next level. Mm -hmm. That was literally like, made my work change from night and day. You could see a difference in my portrait photography at that point. Getting the new, I mean, I spent a lot of money <laughs> getting new equipment for it. Yeah. But getting that new equipment made my job so much easier. So it's just a one-time investment and here you go. It was probably the best decision I ever made was taking that class just to learn how things work rather than someone on YouTube telling me. It's a, it's a good testament to not only did you realize you needed marketing and, and getting yourself out there so your visibility's up, mm -hmm. but now you're digging into the, the multi-channel approach to diversifying your income. And I think that's a big thing that a lot of entrepreneurs and even established businesses don't realize is what are identifying all of our channels of income and where can we Basically, in the in the realm of photography, like I could take pictures of these other things, and mm -hmm. that's a whole other channel yeah. and, and source of income for me to diversify my business. Exactly. So that's really cool, and that's a testament to learning is important because if you're not learning, you're going backwards. Yeah, that's right? very true. There's always something new to learn. Where would you say you are today, a year and a half in, compared to where you you have goals and things for 2024? Is there anything? that you're focusing on or, or wanting to, uh, you know, double down on in, in 2024 for your business? With all of the different things that I do, I'm realizing that there's a different market in different times of the year. Ah, seasonal. Seasonal. Yeah. So real estate has the spring market mm -hmm. that's booming and get really busy. Spring market actually starts in like February. Yeah. But then you have the slowdown of summer in real estate and that's when you have your family and senior photos that pop up and so that goes for a few months as well so it's just finding those seasons and focusing more on that thing that you're needed more for at that time so really targeting your marketing in those seasons mm -hmm. for uh, yeah because i noticed you had christmas stuff you know on your pages mm -hmm. and hey you know get those holiday photos yep. going so yeah, that's really good because I noticed like a lot of other realty or sorry, photography businesses, their pages are very much just, we do photography and it's like that all year round mm -hmm. where I saw that you've been targeting those seasons and it's funny that you pointed it out because I hadn't thought about that as far as, oh yeah, that makes sense. You need to be in the season mm -hmm. of the year for capitalizing on that season. Yeah, exactly. You yep. Have you had good success with that this year now as you're moving into being more intentional? Yeah, I think that I now this is my second fall Christmas. Last year was 
learning, doing some senior sessions, and then, oh, I should offer Christmas minis. And then by this year, when I got to the point where I should be offering Christmas minis, I was still working on senior portraits. I had oh. so many. Oh. So it, it's still working on trying to figure out how to manage my time mm -hmm. and then throwing real estate in the middle of all of that as well. Mm -hmm. Real estate agents are, I need photos today. Yeah. When they get that yeah. person, it's, it is like very important. Like real estate agents turnaround time is within 24 hours mm -hmm. where portraits, people are willing to wait three, four weeks. Mm -hmm. As long as you're communicating that this is going to take me a little bit longer, they just want to get it in while the weather's nice. Yeah. So it's definitely just trying to juggle both. This year was, especially this last fall season, mm -hmm. has been interesting. But I think I've learned a lot from it, realizing that I can block off time for certain things and to manage my time better with that. So do you see yourself growing into a, a studio, or do you have a studio? I have a small in-home studio, my guest bedroom. Nice. Just threw some stuff hey, up. It works. business right off. So that's been, it's been fun, but if you get too big of a family, it doesn't really work. Yeah. But my goal is, I'm hoping by next year that I can have a studio, but it really just depends. Take advantage of the weather while you're, while you can. Yeah. Actually last, was it last Sunday? The Sunday after Thanksgiving when it was snowing, mm -hmm. we had a family session booked and it was like so beautiful with the snow falling. Like it was perfect. There's some people who don't like, oh, it's snowing, let's not. Yeah. But there are people, if they're willing to do that, just go with it and it ends up turning out really cool. Kind of embrace but your it, environment. Exactly, but to have the option of an in-home studio is pretty great. Actually this year, something that I focused on was, was something different around the school year was offering school portraits for homeschooling families. There's yeah, a lot of homeschooling that. families yeah. in the area. We're one of them. We homeschool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Since 2020 with the in-home from COVID, yeah. people probably realized, hey, this is actually more nice than I realized it would be. Mm -hmm. And I was partially, I was homeschooled for like half of my school years as well. Okay. Not because I'm a troubled kid. It was yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we moved a lot. Could my dad easy. was in construction, so we moved a lot, so it was just easier. But some of my family homeschools so I started offering it last year I did it at my church for a little bit I offered it like two Sundays between masses and didn't have a sign up like whoever shows up and it was like that was a lot of work <laughs> it was a lot of work to set everything up oh, yeah, and yeah. then not knowing if people are coming it was a perfect amount of people for me to learn this year I decided to set up the backdrop in my house and just put it out there so people could come when it worked for them they're in the house for five minutes and done because it's already all set up. Mm -hmm. So it made my job so much easier mm -hmm. and I was able to get way more people in than I did with, these are the set times I'm doing it. If you can make it great, if not, sorry. Yeah. Actually, I just did some last week even, up to last week. Well, They're homeschooling families. Yeah. They can do whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you started to look at some of the things you've done and, and how can I make them more efficient mm -hmm. for my time and smooth out the, the customer experience a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that actually went really well. I even ended up getting a small private school. Like they have 30 students, but they ended up had hiring me to come do photos as well. Awesome. So, yeah. So you're building your market. Yeah, definitely. Homeschooling, yeah. that's another niche. <laughs> I love it. So speaking of like future aspirations and advice for mm -hmm. people who are like, yeah, I have a photography business or I'm working for someone like you were, or just anything, really, from any 
business mm -hmm. startup, right? How do I go and take yeah. what I'm doing now and make it my own? What would you say has been the keys to unlocking that for you? I think it took a lot of time and a lot of self-help podcasts, but really not to compare yourself. That wasn't a plug for this one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just not to compare yourself to other established businesses. Just know what your value is mm -hmm. and what you have to offer and just let your work speak for itself mm -hmm. really isn't there something like comparison is the thief of joy or something like that i mean, might be mixing two phrases there but it sounds good it sounds good yeah. it makes sense though yes. i've found like just looking at other people's things and it's, oh, i don't do that and it's just just realizing i have my own value and my mm -hmm. own things to offer i don't have to do the same things that they do it's better to make yourself a little bit different and offer different things just to make you stand out a little bit more. What other things that you um, leaned into or embraced that you didn't know you needed to do or was a, oh, I need to do that? Was there any surprises or things that you were like, oh yeah, here, make sure if you start a business you want to <clears throat> get these things figured out? Well, actually, yeah, meeting with the attorney when I started my LLC, he told me that because I'm offering a service, like I have to pay taxes. Sales tax. Yeah. yeah. And I never would have, yeah, sales tax things. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously I would pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would never would have known that if he didn't tell me that. It was really beneficial going to him, knowing like the legal side of things. If a question comes up, I know I can reach out to him for legal things. There are some things that I'm realizing with contracts and people putting down payments. I haven't really gotten to that point just because I work mostly with real estate agents who pay me after a job and mm -hmm. it's I know that the people that I work with I trust them also it's building a relationship with them and that sort of thing but just learning the legal side of things is definitely beneficial to meet with an attorney I think that's been echoed quite a bit of have other people that know this stuff to help you mm -hmm. so you're not sitting and fumbling through things that a, you're not good at, and B, you don't even know what you don't know. Right. And then, like you're doing, like focus on the things that you know are going to be uh, beneficial to your business that you can take control of. Mm -hmm. The marketing and like you're doing with just making things more efficient with setting up studio space and mm -hmm. getting people done faster, right? Faster, right. more efficient. And just being yeah. consistent with your work. For real estate agents, they know that they're going to get their photos from me by 8 a.m. the next morning. Deliver on what you're saying you're right. going to do. And those are all good, really good tips for any business. And just being honest, people are reaching out last minute, can you do family photo series? I can fit it in this day, but I have this many jobs I still need to work on. You're not going to get photos from me for probably a month, three to four weeks. They're like, that's totally fine. We just want photos done. So just setting that expectation. I never had one person reach out to me like, hey, how are my photos coming along? Mm -hmm. Because I set that expectation from the beginning and they knew what it was going to be. Clear communication of expectations. And then delivering on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything final to add or wrap up for today? I found that by doing this, I can say yes to more things that I love doing. And like I said, with my large family, I take advantage of that and use them as practice to help build up my portfolio mm -hmm. for things. And so it's just, I'm spending more time with them and giving them something that they can have as a memory. That's been really great. I do a lot of photos for my church, for like church events and things. So I'm very involved there. I'm actually going on my fourth year of 
um, doing photos with a shop with a cop. That's going on my fourth year with that and now I just recently started with, there's a company called Decided Excellence in Green Bay. It's like in the Catholic Diocese. Okay. They have two magazines that they put out every month that they have a feature church and feature family and they reached out to me and now I'm starting to do photos for them. Cool. So it's getting published. Actually the person that I worked with for Shop with a Cop, this is how I got my in with this one as well. So doing these volunteer things is actually helping my business grow. When you build your network. So as much as you feel like I don't have time for this, it's definitely worth the time because you don't know what's going to come up from it. Being in the community and being out mm-hmm. there and putting yourself out there, it's all part of that visibility and mm-hmm. getting momentum right. in your brand and who you are. Mm-hmm. So doing stuff, like I just did a family for one of the magazines and they're pregnant and she's, do you do maternity photos? And was, as a matter of fact, I do. Nice. It's just getting my name out there more and again, it's a lot more work at the beginning. You're doing a lot of stuff. No one said running a business was going to be <laughs> right. no work. It's a lot, but eventually it, that all that work pays off and you start getting paid for jobs. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's fabulous. This was really fun. I appreciate you coming in and thank you to everybody. If you want to check uh, Beth out online, go ahead. Uh, and we thank you for joining us for another Garage Growth Journey. And that, folks, brings us to the end of another enlightening episode of From Garage to Growth, A Small Business Story. I hope you found today's journey as inspiring as I did and that you'll take the lessons learned today and use them to fuel your own entrepreneurial spirit. Before we sign off, I want to direct you to resources that can further aid your journey. I urge you to visit our website, actionfinancials.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel and Facebook page. We regularly upload content to propel your financial success. Hopefully your journey from the garage to growth just got a little bit easier. Until next time, keep doing life better. And now for some fun disclosures. This material is for general information purposes only and was produced by Action Financial Strategies, LLC. Life insurance is subject to underwriting. No coverage exists until a policy is issued and the required premium is paid. Neither Action Financial Strategies nor Nylife Securities, LLC or its affiliates provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. For advice on such matters, consult your own professional counsel. Brian is a member agent of Nautilus Group, a service in New York Life Insurance Company. Brian Rue, CA Insurance License Number 0B66341. Brian and Bradley Rue are collectively registered representatives of and offer securities products and services through Nylife Securities LLC. Member FINRA SIPC, a licensed insurance agency, 999 Fury Drive, Suite 300, Madison, Wisconsin, 53717, 608-831-4416. Brian and Bradley Rue are also collectively registered as investment advisor representatives with Eagle Strategies, LLC, registered investment advisor. Action Financial Strategies is not owned or operated by Nylife Securities or its affiliates. The views of each episode podcast guest and their company do not reflect the views of Action Financial Strategies, LLC, or New York Life Insurance Company and its affiliates.